Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Shop Jermaine Ford of Beaver Creek minutes away with an experience miles above. Delivering the right car, the right price, the right way. Come see why more are choosing Jermaine Ford. Just off of 35 east of 675. Jermaine Ford of Beaver Creek. Welcome to Cloudy with the Chance of Podcast with WHIO meteorologist McCall Vrydags and Kirsty Zontini. Brought to you by Jermaine Ford and Beaver Creek. Remember, you can listen to Cloudy with a Chance of Podcast anytime you want on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and WHIO.com. I'm Storm Center 7 Chief Meteorologist McCall Vrydags. Thank you for listening to Cloudy with a Chance of Podcast. What you're about to listen to is a podcast that Kirsty and I did live out in the damaged path of a tornado of one of 14 that happened in the Miami Valley on Memorial Day. The path damage that we looked at was eventually estimated to be an EF4 tornado with winds up to 170 miles per hour. When we taped this podcast, it was determined to be an EF3. Later in the day, the National Weather Service went out and determined it, in fact, was an EF4. The damage was impressive. It was breathtaking. It was insane, to say the least. We also found out that the areas that we were surveying, uh, originally determined to be an EF3 tornado, would later be upgraded to an EF4 with winds up to 170 miles per hour. There was also another tornado that was confirmed later that day, bringing that count up to 14 in the Miami Valley, nearly 20 statewide. Take a listen as we go through the damage. We also interview a few people that were impacted by it. Welcome to Cloudy with the Chance of Podcasts. Today we're doing a, a special episode. Yeah. Um, one you could see behind us in a, an area of Dayton that does it look like Dayton right now? No, it looks apocalyptic uh, with the amount of damage that was caused by an EF3 tornado that came through this area uh, Memorial Day in the evening hours mm -hmm. uh, and came through in the darkness of the night, a very terrifying situation. Yeah, and when we talk about the level of strength that this tornado was, not only did we have this tornado that was an EF3, we had two other EF3s in the Miami Valley uh, that were confirmed and I think it's sometimes you hear numbers and you may not realize what that looks like, um, but we wanted to do this as a video version to kind of give you a perspective of what our community is dealing with now. Yeah. And we are talking about, you almost can't even recognize what is behind us. No, and it's very sad because this part of town, unfortunately, uh, is an area where you can tell people don't have a lot of money. Yeah. So it's going to be difficult for them to uh, clean up and rebuild. Yeah. And hopefully um, people, well, I've seen people coming together uh, to help them get back on their feet. And hopefully this isn't going to take too, too long. Yeah, so we want to tell more of um, you know some people that we're meeting today we're gonna walk around but uh, McCall I do want to talk to you a little bit mm -hmm. um, because McCall was on duty that night as our chief and she was there when the first tornado warning was issued around 9 o'clock and she covered these storms as they rolled through and uh, 
I just want to hear, I mean, your perspective. As meteorologists, yeah. we often talk about, um, you know, we're using the radar as such a tool to help us see into a storm. Yeah. That night, when did you start maybe realizing that this wasn't going to be a, a typical night for us? Well, uh, rewind uh, a couple weekends ago, I just went to a weather conference and learned a lot of tools for tracking severe mm -hmm. weather, specifically tornadoes. And while we do have tornadoes in the Miami Valley, right. we typically get EF zeros, EF ones. Yeah. So there was some information that I had learned um, that in the afternoon hours leading up to this event that I started to look at some ingredients coming together. Mm -hmm. And meteorologist Dante Jones and I were looking at these things and I turned to him and I said, well, what this is telling me is that there's the possibility that we are 15 times more likely to have a tornado yeah. today. I don't think I really absorbed what that meant, what that meant, yeah. because that's not something we ever no. see. So I don't have anything to really compare that to. Mm -hmm. um, as we started to go into the evening hours and I saw tornado warnings ongoing off to our west. Yeah, and they were strong tornadoes in Indiana. They were, um, but there weren't a lot. Right. As the storm started to come in, there were just a couple of tornado warnings, and I was thinking, well, we're going to just have to keep an eye on these. Um, cut in on air shortly after 9 p.m., and then, you know, for lack of a better phrase, all hell broke loose. Yes. And um, I was using all of my radar tools, and the first twister that I saw, which was causing damage, was um, the one in Salina. Yeah. And on air, I said, this is causing damage. Like, mm -hmm. this is happening right now. And we had uh, Sean Cudahy, one of our reporters, on his way that way. Mm -hmm. We were actually sending him north because there was another circulation to his south that I right. didn't want him to drive towards. Yeah. Um, so he was driving north, and that storm was going to go through its line, and he was going to get there to check things out. Then I started watching more circulations popping up in, in dark and preble counties, mm -hmm. and that's when I was knew that this was this just wasn't... not going to be a good situation. Right. At one point, there were six tornado warnings. Yeah. And the one that was the most intense was the one that went into Montgomery County. Right. And if you were watching the live stream on air at that point, I got choked up. Yes. Because I realized how large the damage was, and I could see how highly populated it was in that part of Montgomery County. And it was the worst case scenario. And right. uh, we keep really close contact with the National Weather Service. Mm -hmm. And they put out a statement that there was a large violent tornado on the ground and that's when we went under a tornado emergency yes which is something that once again in the miami valley yep i can't tell you the last time that we were under a tornado emergency that is like the highest level of mm -hmm. of, of if you, you need to be seeking shelter yeah. i mean at that point you should have already been in your shelter yep. but when we go into emergency yes large violent tornado also words that we see in oklahoma yeah. that we see in arkansas or mississippi or texas mm -hmm. but we don't see those phrases used on thunderstorms that develop here in the miami valley mm -hmm. but that night it did yeah there were many people that responded um to that exact phrase they said when i said it's a tornado emergency right they were like what does that mean yeah yeah and um they knew instantly in that moment that this was not a good situation um as a mother mm -hmm. you know and a meteorologist yep. you know what it is to look at some of the radar products we have like correlation coefficient mm -hmm. and to see something like a debris ball which you've probably heard us talk about before mm -hmm. um but to see that on a storm in our super populated area 
and knowing, you know, you're a mom, you're worried about your kids, mm -hmm. but you're also worried about everyone in the Miami Valley. Yeah, uh, and I think that all played into the role of, you know, the tone of my voice and me getting, you know, very passionate in that moment because I'm just running through the log of people in my life and the people that live in this community all of my co-workers yeah i knew when i saw this debris um moving into the trotwood area the first two people that popped into my mind were letitia, letitia and dante yes um and fortunately both were you know okay i, I haven't heard of anybody really within our station being mm -hmm. impacted yeah to the extreme levels but there were a lot of people that i was thinking of you know as this is going so then i'm thinking okay well what cities and what towns are next right. and who do i know that are in those areas and just praying and there's that moment of feeling disabled in the sense that like i would love to text that person or call that person right but, but that's not what my job is at that no, point no at that point you were doing your job which was continuing to follow that storm mm -hmm. city by city in the future what areas need to be covered yeah um for the aftermath then, you know, once the storms had ended, which wasn't until about almost 1 a.m., yeah. did we see finally the tornadic storms exit the Miami Valley. Mm -hmm. But then we started to get video. Yeah. And then we started to get power going out and gas being shut off yep. and water systems failing. And then, you know, we're living with that still to this day. Yeah. And this is three days later mm -hmm. and it's gonna be and it's gonna be much while. longer than that uh, we'll get the gas back on we'll get the water back on we'll get the lights back on but this cleanup and the repairs and the damage that's gonna be weeks months yeah and we discussed this uh, just yesterday is that it's surreal because you can be here and see this craziness this damage and then just drive three blocks over and there's nothing nothing yeah and it's a totally different world and and that's what makes you know it's so different when you're dealing with you know we, we see hurricane damage and you see how widespread the swath of flooding and the swath yep. of damages yep. for that tornadoes you know they're so much smaller mm -hmm. but they're so violent and this was just so violent yeah and it stretched i mean we've got a corridor of damage that goes yep pretty much through the entire central Miami Valley, almost along I-70 actually. I was yeah. looking at some of the plots there. Mm -hmm. And so if you're north or south of it, unless you're up in Salina or, you know, Wapakoneta, there is a huge chunk of the Miami Valley that was like, what? What, what happened? happened? Yeah. And yesterday, when all the confirmations of tornadoes are coming in, and, and the National Weather Service at this point when we're taping, they're still surveying. Yes, they're so still surveying. So this number surveying. may climb, but we were up to 13 tornadoes. Yeah. And, and, and three of those EF3s. Right, three of them were EF3s. Um, the 1974, our tornado outbreak, the Xenia tornado, there were only four or five that were actually in the Miami Valley and 13 mm -hmm. for the entire state that day. And that's still what most people reflect upon when yep. we say a major outbreak. Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of things that played into, I think, um, not as many deaths yeah and a lowered amount of injuries mm -hmm. well there was that that man there that passed man. away in salina that Which i mean my heart breaks heart. you and never was, want to hear anybody yeah being caught in a storm and, and losing their life because of it um but i do think that technology the advancement in radar mm -hmm. early warning detection yeah was what saved those lives and even improvements of forecasting because yeah. we had gone into that well first of all days in advance mm -hmm. we kind of had started to fine-tune yeah 
okay, Monday's not looking great. We have the SPC, the Storm Prediction Center, that's putting out risks for several days in advance. And then we did go into the evening under a tornado watch. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it wasn't storms that just intensified. Yeah. You know, everyone in the meteorological community had recognized that, okay, this is going to be a zone where, where we could get those tornadoes. So praying that that helped people. Mm -hmm. Cell phones being alerted immediately. Um, you know, and, and then just being able to broadcast and call. Not only were you broadcasting those warnings on television, mm -hmm. you were broadcasting them on Facebook. We were broadcasting them on our weather app. So people were losing power. They still had a phone or a mobile phone. They were still able to see where those storms were. Yeah. So I do think that that does help now at this point when it comes to hopefully limiting. It doesn't help to prevent it no. in the sense of like, we can't pick the tornado up and, and move it. People are still having to deal yeah. with this. Yeah. And Everything aligned, made this situation happen, and, you know, sadly, it came right through a very populated area. Sadly that it happened at all. Yeah. Um, but again, thankful that those numbers were much higher. Yeah. Well, McCall, I know this was a crazy night for you. Yep. Our whole team, we stuck with it, and, um, I mean, I'm so proud. Thank you. <laughs> it makes me just, you know, it's hard to cover something. I can't even imagine, but you were there with the entire Miami Valley. You didn't stop. You kept your cool. Um, and, and I know I'm not the only one that feels thankful that you were the one that was doing that. So I'm so proud to be on your team. Thank you. Um, I'm going to try not to cry. <laughs> <laughs> but it still makes me cry, not only what you did, but also just looking around and what everyone has to deal with afterwards. So I agree. we're going to try to, to, to tell some more stories of yep. people and what they're doing. Um, we've got a couple guests lined up into the podcast, so uh, stay with us, and we're going to continue to show you a little bit more about what we're dealing with here in Ohio, southwest Ohio, the Miami Valley, where people aren't used to this kind of damage mm -hmm. that live here, and people who don't live here are, are wondering if we're standing in the middle of Oklahoma. Shop Jermaine Ford of Beaver Creek, minutes away with an experience miles above. Delivering the right car, the right price, the right way to the Miami Valley and beyond. Take advantage of our low price tire guarantee and extended service hours on Saturday. With same day appointments and mobile service options available, our goal is to fix your car right the first time, on time, every time. Just off of 35 east of 675, Jermaine Ford of Beaver Creek. So you've heard Brian Wood before on our podcast, um, but you've been a very busy man. Um, you've covered hurricanes. You've seen major, I mean, even worse than this damage when it comes to tornadoes. But this is your home. This is your hometown. Uh, what was it like for you waking up and, and you know, for your job with Assurant going out and, and starting to do surveys? It's tough because, as you said, I've seen a lot before, but I go to places that I have no emotional attachment to. And it's another thing, I've lived here for 13 years now, so it's my adopted hometown. And mm -hmm. when you start to go out and see these places you're so familiar with, there's just a sense uh, of dread that I can't quite put into words uh, that is on top. You always feel bad when you go to a place where there's a lot of damage. Mm -hmm. But it's a whole other thing when it's people you know and the places you've been. Yeah. Um, McCall, I think we're going to probably start yeah. moving a little yeah. bit. Uh, we want you to help us kind of explain some of the damage. Sure. Yeah, so we're going to take a walk, Brian. And uh, first off to our left-hand side, I mean, words really cannot describe what we're seeing here. Yeah. Um, I can talk about the visuals of what I'm seeing, but 
you who have surveyed damage, what can you tell us about this storm and how it has had an impact on this house? Sure, so I guess we can start with the fact that there's so many broken windows here. When you guys are on TV telling people in a severe thunderstorm warning even, or a tornado warning, you know, get to the center of your house, get away from windows. This is the reason why mm -hmm. you don't want to be anywhere near windows because A, the glass is breaking and blowing in to your house, mm -hmm. but you can see all the debris around here too. There's, even in the windows, there are, there's insulation and pieces of debris that are stuck in the window and inside that covered porch there is debris. So that's one reason why meteorologists always say get away from the windows and get to the center of your house. It's for your protection. We're not just saying that to say that. Right. In this house, uh, a lot of shingle loss. The winds were pulling. You can actually see streaks of shingles being ripped upward. Yeah. And even on the side of the house here where we're standing from our viewpoint, you have uh, brick loss up top near the roof where the winds kind of punctured and pushed in. One of the things I've noticed, and uh, one of my friends who's an engineer who studies this explained to me is, when you have a wall that is going up to the roof, the part of the wall that is normal with where your rooms would be, they're braced because you have walls inside your house where the rooms are that are butting up against the outside wall and they're kind of holding them in place. But when you get up towards the roof where you have the trusses, there's no rooms up there and there's no, there's no pieces of wood and drywall to be pushed up against it. And so they tend to cave in quicker up top at the roof where there's that flat edge where the wind pushes in. So when you look at damage like that, that's why there's a little bit of breakage up yeah. on the wall up top as compared to the down low. And of course, once that happens, then the winds are getting in, the pressure is increasing, and, yeah. and that probably contributes to perhaps roofs being torn off? Yeah. And in this case, my hypothesis is that this happened very late in the tornado because otherwise that would have happened. In this right. house specifically, their roof is still intact. and. If it would have happened at the very beginning of the tornado hitting the house, I'm certain this roof probably would have came off. But what probably happened is as the tornado was moving away from the house, that happened and there wasn't enough strong wind to take the roof with it. But that certainly is not the case with the houses on the other side. So that yeah. speaks to the actual structure of this home right. as compared to their neighbors, correct? Yeah. Uh, and with this house specifically that we're walking to, I think the most, the most curious thing to me as someone who studies this type of thing is the fact that there is a front porch here. Right. A semblance of what used well, to be a was. front porch. You know, you see a little bit of bricks where the columns used to be, and there was likely a porch overhang right there. And what happens with houses is when winds get up and underneath something where there's uh, an overhang, like a porch or a carport that's attached to a house, It'll start lifting up on that overhang, which in this case is a porch. And if your porch is attached to the roof, then it'll start pulling the roof off with it because that overhang is going to be lifted up and start flying into the air. And if it's well secured to your roof, it's actually going to take your roof with it too. And if you look towards the back of the house, you'll actually see that the part of the roof is still left yeah. in the back of the house. That definitely tells me that the damage started from the front and moved towards the back. And for whatever reason, uh, the way they built the roof, it didn't take the back quarter of the roof off, but the first three quarters of the roof came off with that front, with that front porch ripping off. And once again, you see a two by four debris impalement yes, going through, right going through, through uh, yeah, right through, and it probably went all the way through the drywall as well. Well, uh, and meteorologist Jesse Mag made this um, uh, point when he was out doing his survey. We usually see EF zeros, EF ones, and that means on one side of the street we're seeing damage going one way, and on the other side it's going an opposite direction. But this speaks to how large it is because uh, everything, everything is just yeah. the same way almost. Yeah. 
typically in EF zeros and ones are very narrow tornadoes, mm -hmm. like he said. And so when you have bigger, stronger tornadoes, they don't necessarily have to be wide to be strong. But in a lot of cases, the wider tornadoes are pretty strong. And so you have not only a wider area of damage, but a very consistent amount of damage, especially in neighborhoods where all, all the homes were built around the same time. That means they're probably built with the same construction method. So they all kind of the homes will behave the same in the wind. Definitely what we're seeing here. Um, I think what was also interesting, the point that Jesse had made as well, and you kind of talked about it already too, but the interior, there's a lot of people that get nervous they don't have, um, you know, a basement per se. Yeah. But just seeing how important it is to get away from the outside parts of your house and to get as, as far inside and into whatever interior room you may have. I yeah. mean, just seeing that two by four just through the side of the house like that. And you've got pieces of siding through the front window there, right. knocking the window out. And you don't want a piece of siding or wood or anything coming at you at 100 plus miles an hour. Mm -hmm. uh, so you got to put as many wall, we say put as many walls between you and the storm yeah. as possible because those walls might end up saving your life just because that debris might come through your house but hit another wall yeah. and, and you're saved. Well, we know that uh, Brian is a storm damage analyst, um, and part of your job is to help with people on the insurance aspect. Yeah. What advice do you give to people that are living through this right now? Right. It's going to be a long process, especially with this type of damage. You know, when we go back to when you talk about the EF0, EF1 type damage, that's the kind of thing where you lose a little bit of your roof, maybe just some shingles. You can still live in your house. Mm -hmm. But as you can see with these houses and in many places in, in Beaver Creek, Trotwood, Brookville, Clayton that I've seen, there are people that they're going to have to live outside of their house for a long period of time. This damage is going to take time to repair just from the fact that some homes are going to be condemned. So you have to build up from the ground up all over again. Or even if you're if you're fortunate enough that you don't have to have your home condemned and knocked down, it's still going to be a long process. Yeah. So have all your good paperwork, your insurance paperwork, your mortgage paperwork. One of the things that people tend to forget is that when you have an insurance claim and you have a mortgage company who's lending you money to your house, that the mortgage company will also be on that check that is cut to you by your state farm, all state, nationwide. And you're, you'll be working with your bank to help make the repairs. And the bank will help you make sure that as repairs are being done, that the money is dispersed. That helps prevent fraudulent contractors from taking all the money up front mm -hmm. and running off with it and never repairing your house. The vast majority of contractors are not those people. Uh, but the people who are fraudulent tend to pressure you up front tell you we're, we need the money up front can you sign the check to us uh, when you deal with people who are coming to your door ask them for a license ask them if they're bonded yeah. with the state uh, ask and then take you can take their information but don't commit to anything go back onto Google and research them and look see if they're a legitimate company legitimate companies who have been doing business for a long period of time they're gonna have records that people can see whether it's the Better Business Bureau or even just googling it people right. will have reviewed them and you can look and see that they're a legitimate company Thank you so much. I mean, that's great advice because, yes, we're on day three now, and, I mean, this is going to be a long process for people, and don't rush it at this point. Do it, Try to do it as, as properly as you can just to make sure that you guys aren't, you know, that people aren't getting scammed out of their money. Yeah, and the process is going to take a long time. There's going to be a lot of contractors who are busy. They're going to, people are going to have to wait to get yeah. repairs done because we only have so many contractors and we have a lot of damage. Uh, some companies will bring in people to supplement and help from out yeah. of state and that helps but for some people you're gonna have to wait for maybe a month or two before you even start rebuilding just because of the fact that there's so many homes damaged and that's a hard thing to deal with you want to get back to as normal as possible that 
you'll never get back to completely normal because your house is damaged, but some people want to get back in clo as close as they can as soon as possible, and sometimes it just does not happen that way, unfortunately. Well, thank you, Brian, yeah. for joining us. Any last thoughts or questions, Kirsty? Um, I know you've been looking at things, and you said it's going to be a while before you can kind of get the best idea in terms of claims and things of that sure. nature, but can you give a rough estimate of maybe how many homes you think people are displaced out of or... I don't know, you know, put it into perspective for someone that doesn't live here. I, I would say, uh, let, looking at it from a total building's perspective, yeah. uh, not just homes, but commercial right. buildings yeah, and, and, commercials and schools, schools yeah. uh, I would say about 2,000 to 2,500 buildings were impacted. I would say out of that, typically when you have this type of damage, uh, roughly a quarter to maybe a half are very, very bad. And the rest have minor damage. The people were on the periphery of the tornado where they lost shingles and things like that, but they weren't maybe as hard impact like these homes that we see here. Mm -hmm. So, and then thinking about all of the tornadoes in this area, we're up to 13, 13 here and the yeah. weather service overall in the area is like 19. Uh, it's hard to say in terms of a money, but money, total money, but somewhere between 500 million and a billion dollars for all the tornadoes combined. Uh, it's hard to give a more specific estimate yeah. being this early, but yeah. it's going to fall in that range. Wow. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, thank you so much for coming out and, and joining us here and, you know, and for your knowledge and always being a guest on our show when we have uh, damaging storms to talk about. Um, let us know. Yeah, hopefully yeah. we don't see you anytime That's soon. That's the catch for 22 sure. of our jobs. Yes. That's the catch 22 of our jobs. We're never more needed when things go bad. Yeah. Right. Well, we are going to continue our, our surveys uh, across the Miami Valley, and uh, hopefully we're going to get to talk to a few people and hear their stories. Thank you for listening to Cloudy with a Chance, a podcast. Uh, we have more coming. We moved to another location, Kirsty. Now we're in Trotwood looking at the damage here, and this is in more of a neighborhood area, yeah. and it is insane, the damage. Yes, this is just debris from um, the two gentlemen that we had met earlier, their backyard. Yeah. This isn't even, this may have come from someone else's house, right. you know? And this is all that they did yesterday, just cleaning, just pulling things that they can. Um, the one man that we had met, he had spoken about his wife, uh, that she, you know, real quick wanted to look, and he pulled her away real fast, and yeah. we looked at his house, and their windows are completely blown out. Yeah, he used the analogy that it was as if someone was throwing, like, a thousand knives, yeah. like, through the window. Yeah, so this is just terrible. I mean, literally, neighbors here, just every single house on this street is either missing part of the roof, um, is completely missing the roof, has massive tree debris, because it's a, a neighborhood with beautiful older trees yeah they're that's all just, also just they're just completely broken snapped in half and that's all debris that needs to get cleaned up yeah and you can see on the side of this car all the damage but look at all the mud, mud right. that's uh, what we call uh, back splatter yeah. so what a tornado does is it picks up that uh, mud mm -hmm. and just throws Broken. it against everything and you'll see that back splatter everywhere um, as this tornado rips through this part of Trotwood yeah so this is just, you know, a little bit of a neighborhood view. We kind of showed you uh, some of the more of the business district that was uh, in the Dayton area as well. And we're just going to kind of keep talking. We've got some water to pass out and, mm -hmm. and we'll uh, check back in and, and share some stories. What you're going to listen to next is a story from a woman named Janet. as She tells us what she was doing moments before that tornado hit. Again, it was an EF4 tornado that ripped through this neighborhood. And then she also tells us about the spirit of the community and how they're rising up to take care of one another. How long have you lived here in Trotwood? Uh, three years. Okay. Man, so three years here and you literally just witnessed 
probably the worst tornado that they've ever dealt with. I've never been in anything like this. Yeah. What were you doing when this, what were you doing when you first realized that this was on its way? Well, me and my husband was in the back on the patio drinking some uh, iced tea. Right, it yeah, was so pretty and nice. Warm. Right. And uh, then, uh, you know, it got a little windy. And then it kind of got dark. See that cloud over there? Mm -hmm. It got yeah, a little darker know. like that. Yeah. And uh, the wind just didn't seem right, you know. So we came in the house because it started raining. And as soon as we got in the house, she had the patio door up, we heard this noise. And my husband said, come on, it's, this sounds like a tornado. So he grabbed me by the arm, and we didn't have time to go into the bathroom, so we went in the hall closet. Hey, that's interior, and the, put some walls between you. Yeah, because it's a barrier. It's a barrier wall here from the... Well, just come on in, and y'all can see. I can, okay. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> well, just be careful. Who else? Oh, boy. So that Are we going to surprise your husband? Yeah. <laughs> is he inside? Okay, good. I just don't want to disturb him. Thank you for inviting us in. Yeah, thank you. Oh. Oh, little puppy. It's okay, little girl. Oh, Lily. I got a fat Jack Russell. Oh, I have a... F I have <laughs> I have a miniature pincher about the same size. Oh my goodness. They're like the I same breed. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. Oh. Are you cleaning this up all by yourself? Wow. I'm just doing a bit. What do I can do? Uh, there was a group of ladies came by from a church. They said that they were coming around Saturday mm -hmm. on the street and they were going to help get debris, whatever they could get. Yeah. Uh, that wasn't real too big for them. So. Uh, that's just it. I'm a patio furniture. Right. So and, how uh, long were you in the closet for before you came out? Yeah. You know, I can't tell you. I was in, I wasn't coming out. Yeah. When I, when I didn't hear any noise. Oh, it kind of slowed down. I said, well, maybe it's over. So I opened the door, trying to find my little dog. Yeah. And she was under the bed. She did too, too. So. Thank goodness. You know, we just blessed. Yeah. We're still here because this was. Look at all that. I know. This is in, just insane to see. And this is where you were sitting before you well, ran inside. There's my table. Wow. My glass is around there. It oh didn't break gosh. though. Really? No. My husband rinsed it off yesterday <gasps> and, and set it on the side of the house. Wow. Now, one of my wicker chairs is over there on the side of the house in the fence. My neighbor next door, his place, he can't yeah. even get out. Oh, no. All yeah. the tree, he, and he has a Yeah, deck. the trees are just completely over the whole back. Okay, you know we got this drop off. Right. Well, he had a deck built. Oh, so. The tree's all over. It, it, it's just falling down. Oh. Do you have power? You're just using candles? Do you have uh, power back yet? No. Yeah. No, I'm not using candles anymore. My daughter came. And brought us some of these uh, lights, little lights that oh, you that's push nice. on and turn. Yeah, mm -hmm. like battery powered. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's that'll be helpful. Yeah. What yes, um, you showed us your grill earlier. Mm -hmm. Your whole neighborhood kind of like you said, hey, come to my house. We, we all got together. Their girls are somewhere. Right. Who knows? And we uh, and uh, I said I'm getting ready to fire this grill up. I'd rather cook the meat, my meat than let it spoil. Yeah. And so we're all out here working. So why don't we just put it on here and we just eat. Aww. 
So that's what I've done. I mean, as horrible as it is, what's it like to see your neighbors kind of come together? And, and I mean, everyone's working outside. Hey, it's great. This is the way it should be. Mm. And there's no color in this. No. There's no color. This is all from the heart. Mm. So, you know, this is what we're supposed to do. Yeah. It is. A lot of tragedy sometimes, you know, it can bring out the best in people. You hope it does, and I feel like it has. I've been really proud of the Miami Valley. coming from everywhere. They don't even live over here. Yeah. So, that's, hey, that's what a good heart is. You know, you just yeah. have to do what you can. And if this hadn't happened to us, I'd be doing the same thing they're doing. Yeah. Well, you did. You, you, you well, gave your grill. Yeah, you <laughs> Are you kidding me? You cooked for your whole neighborhood. Yeah. There's my square grill over there. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. We're going to keep that one over there for that a little while. That one yeah. was over there. Oh, oh my God. You, you dug it out? No, my husband and some of the men on the street oh, did. Oh. Janet, thank you for letting us walk yeah. through your home and into your, your backyard. Yeah, you're, you're more than I'm, you know, it's it's a helpless feeling of knowing that all of this needs to be cleaned up, and it's not just you. Oh no, yeah. It's, it's I wish I could take this. it all away for you. It's people that's worse than this. That once again, that was Janet from Trotwood, a wonderful lady, an elderly lady that let us walk through her house really just to see what happened not only outside but inside uh, she showed us how the window shattered in into her living room and really what her daughter was trying to do to clean up the mess and she was just one story of the many stories that I was able to hear as I was out and about as well as Kirsty talking to people in the aftermath if you would like to help out with the tornado relief effort you can visit whio.com slash tornado relief, and you can make a donation there. All of the money raised is going to stay right here in the Dayton area, and it's going to go to those people that are most affected by this tornado and the damage. There is so much love in this community, even though there has been so much bad that has just happened when it comes to their homes being destroyed. You can download, listen, subscribe to Cloudy with a Chance of Podcasts with the podcast app on your Apple phone, as well as Google Play, Stitcher, and WHIO.com. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.